Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Darshan Mehta. Darshan, you are the founder of iResearch. You're found on the web at iResearch.com. And you're also the author of the book, Getting to Aha, Why Today's Insights Are Tomorrow's Facts. Darshan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be here, Josh. Appreciate it. I'm really excited to talk about this because, um, you know, a lot of folks that uh, I believe are listening to this podcast would consider themselves creators. Uh, And, you know, a lot of times when we're thinking about, you know, creating products, services, um, you know, making an impact in the world, uh, you know, maybe we're focused on content, you know, what content, what education should we be providing for our audiences? Um, A lot of times I see newer business owners uh, either really struggle with this or they spend a lot of time based on their hunches and, you know, feeling like, oh, I know what my audience wants, right? There's always this myth out there, you know, that there's this genius creator a la Steve Jobs and uh, I can, you know, embody, you know, those sort of magical powers and I know what the market wants before they do. <laughs> What's, what's your, what are your thoughts on that as the author of this book? Well, I think we all as entrepreneurs uh, have that kind of sense, but I can, uh, you basically have two options. You can uh, guess and hopefully get things right and have really good intuition. And chances are, you know, sometimes you do, but, you know, I don't know that you're going to be batting 100% all the time when you're doing that. And the other is having more informed decisions by actually getting some more intelligence and information or insights into your customers so that you can make more informed strategic business decisions. Yeah. All right. So how does iResearch work? Who do you typically work with and and what does that look like? Sure. I've been doing consulting for quite a few years now, over 20 years, and um, I provided market research services to clients. And there's two methods to do that. One is quantitative, which are surveys, which we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. And the other is qualitative, which is basically having conversations mm-hmm. and delving deeper into the mindset of your consumer. And what are the benefits of that? The benefits are you can understand the buying behavior process. You can understand their underlying pain points, triggers, and things that actually motivate them. And oftentimes you want to use both methodologies, doing qualitative and quantitative at the same time. For example, if you and I were to do a product, let's say, involving women's lingerie, we can make some guesses, uh, but chances are we're going to be much more informed if we actually talk to a group of women ahead of time and find out what are their uh, process that they go through to make a decision, what are their pain points, triggers, what can be improved. From that, we could actually end up with a better survey as well as better questions and answer choices. And so it's really a, a tool designed to help you get deeper understanding of your customers 
and get those insights that are going to give you a competitive advantage, help to you know further innovate as well as to differentiate. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of, you know, you mentioned quantitative and, and qualitative data. You know, I, I always um, am pretty skeptical of surveys, right? Because I, I think of like, the noise, well, you know, just the noise in who is going to take the time to respond to an optional survey versus who is not. And uh, I, I feel like that, you know, my, my worry on the outside is that th- that's just simply not good data. It's, it's a subset that could be wildly distorted based on the persona of who engages versus who doesn't. Well, some of that can be, you know, compensated for with the way you design the questions and so on and who you target, you know, but in all honesty, I'll say that most people actually love giving feedback and being a part of something that they can help improve or enhance uh, and shape the future of. So I don't think uh, that's really that much of an issue, but, you know, there are obviously things you can do to make sure the quality of the survey um, have, you know, certain uh, elements in it to make sure that it's valid, you know, as opposed Mm. to someone who's just running through it quickly. I mean, I'd say, you know, that's not a majority of the problem when you're doing research. Um, the, to be honest with you, most people really do want to give you good feedback. Mm. And oftentimes they want to see, you know, their suggestions or ideas implemented as well. So that's not as much of an issue. But I think there is uh, maybe some validity to the fact that people might be over-surveyed or, you know, having mm. uh, too many of these uh, things happen all the time. Um, and that's where, you know, I think uh, more concise, focused surveys are much more um, going to be successful in the long run. But that's also where, you know, actually having a conversation with your customers will give you a deeper, better understanding of what it is that you may want to include or exclude out of a survey as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very curious, Darshan, um, how someone who is, let's say, an agency owner or a consultant or, or coach might be able to start being a little bit more thoughtful about you know, how they're communicating to audiences, their offer, et cetera. Um, what are some things that we can do to encourage real, um, you know, good, good data from, from our market? Because again, nobody is smarter than the market. I, I, I you know, that's my belief. And I got to tell you that I've only arrived to that opinion because I've been burned a few times by trying to guess. <laughs> And wasted months and months of development, you know, creating something that, you know, my ego wouldn't allow me to be humble enough to just truly listen. Uh, and uh, I, I suspect I'm not alone in that. No, I mean, often a lot of people do this. And this is something I've seen over the years that, um, and, you know, that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit. And I know what I want. I want to do it and make it happen. However, oftentimes I find that even just the smallest tweaks or a better understanding of your customer can make an exponential difference in the success or not success of your product. And that's where I think, you know, basically you have two, you have two choices. You know, you can listen now or listen later. The choice mm-hmm. is not whether the marketplace is going to give you feedback. I guarantee you're going to get feedback, right? And the best form of feedback is are they going to buy your product or service? So your choice is do you want to spend time and money and guessing and hopefully it launches and they give you that feedback or do you want to kind of you know gauge along the way and tweak it and and test it and find out what are the things that are really going to make people actually want to pay for your product or service and oftentimes it's something that maybe you and i haven't really thought about 
And it's just something that can make a difference. I'll give an example. Airbnb, when they first started out, you know, they weren't getting much traction of people renting the places that were being advertised. And they were told, why don't you go talk to your customers? So they did because the market that was doing fairly well at that time was New York. And in interviews, really around kitchen tables, they found out that most of these people that were advertising really didn't know how to take good pictures. So they basically found a way to educate them and started putting better pictures, but more attractive pictures and so on. Within a week, their sales doubled. Wow. Yeah. So that's the kind of power uh, that can come when you're truly, you know, kind of customer focused. What are some ways that we can ask better questions? In other words, um, I would imagine that you probably see some biases if an un, like someone who's not really familiar with the process of, you know, of, of getting good data from, from customers and audiences, um, how do founders, CEOs, CMOs, uh, um, in, in bias, uh, their, their questions. Yeah. I think one of the, the challenges for entrepreneurs and founders is this is not a method to actually do sales. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> truly is a method to tap into uh, having a better yeah. understanding of what customers think and feel. And you don't want to engage in the facts, quite honestly, because sometimes you might be factually correct as a founder as to what's really going to work. What you're more interested in finding out is what are the underlying existing perceptions that you need to address or talk about to get people to what you're offering as a solution. And that is really, uh, you know, at the heart of it is genuinely be curious, be willing to, you know, challenge your own existing assumptions and hypotheses, but more than anything, be there to really listen and to uh, get a deeper understanding of what people are thinking and feeling about your product or service. Yeah. Um, and tell me about the book, um, which, uh, you know, again, to our listener, you can just go ahead and search on Amazon right now, Getting to AHA, Why Today's Insights Are Tomorrow's Facts. It's on Kindle, it's on Audible and paperback. Uh, and, and so what is the transformation, uh, Darshan, that, that occurs uh, when somebody reads this book? The premise of the book is basically we're in a very competitive environment in today's uh, marketplace. You're no longer just competing with the person next to you or in the next state. Oftentimes, you might be competing with someone around the world. And the way everyone's looking for a competitive advantage, and really the way to do that is to gain insights. And having been doing this for quite some time, I really feel like there's insights just laying all around us. It's just a matter of tapping into them by having conversations. And most businesses and most people don't take the time to really get a better understanding of their uh, target market and their customer just because mm -hmm. we're so busy. There's so many decisions and so on and so forth. But you can start as simple as just having conversations, not one-on-one -on -one conversations, pick up the phone, talk to them, talk to them in person. And then eventually you can actually use platforms like iResearch where you can do uh, more dedicated focus groups that are online with a, with a larger group of people. And what I've consistently found over the years is when you have these conversations, and again, they truly are to be curious because ultimately market research is really structured curiosity. And so if you're truly curious and want to delve into a deeper understanding of your customer, you're going to uncover opportunities and insights that are going to give you uh, ways to maybe innovate your product or service that others have not done because you say, hey, this is a pain point that someone's having. And I think this is one way I can address it and really be offering something that's unique and different that doesn't exist out there. 
as well as, you know, there's also, there's always ways to improve the existing experience that customers are having. And I think one of the things you'll, you'll see in the book that I talk about is people are no longer buying products. They're buying experiences Yeah. Um, because there's so many products that offer similar things. Ultimately you're buying an experience mm. and having an understanding of what experiences people are seeking and wanting is going to make a big, big difference. So what I try to include in the book, are a lot of examples and stories that people can learn from and glean. And ultimately, you know, by the end of the book, you should be at a point where you say, you know, I just need to have more conversations with my customers and have a better understanding. And then there's, there's lots of different ways to do that uh, from one-on-one conversations uh, to, you know, the platform and so on. But more than anything is, 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 is a shift in the mindset that, you know, it's worthwhile having these conversations, tapping these insights, and that's what's going to lead to product innovation, yeah. ways to differentiate, um, and ultimately give you that competitive advantage that you're seeking that others are not doing. You know, I'm just thinking of, you know, I'm brainstorming now as we're talking about different things that, that we could be doing. It's just so easy to implement. For example, you know, we have a, uh, so we have you know, about over 150 clients, we are a B2B consultancy. And, you know, I'm just thinking of like our, in our members area, how hard would it be to include a widget or quick survey or something like, or even just a form, you know, and, and some sort of button, you know, this persistent through our members area. Hey, how are we doing? Hey, what's missing? You know, Hey, you know, what's broken, you know, what, you know, and just, you know, try to ferret out those pain points, that friction. And, you know, because I, you know, I just had a conversation with one of her clients and she pointed something out and I was like, oh my gosh, I like slapped my head. I'm like, I, 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 you know, completely missed that. Thank you so much. And, you know, and she's like, well, I hate to be negative. I'm like, no, my gosh, are you kidding? You have fresh eyes. Like I'm in the, I'm in the, in the woods here. I, I can't, I can't see what you see. Uh, you know, I've just been, you know, living in, in this. So it's like a, you know, fish not knowing what water is kind of thing, you know, it's like that, that, and I'm sure there's a term for that, right. That, that fog of war or whatever you call it, that's just, it's so hard to be objective about our own stuff, but you know, how hard would that be to have just a very simple form persistent throughout? And I bet, you know, with enough, you know, boy, you just think about how amazing your product could get or your service could get if, if you're constantly soliciting, not just the good feedback, because that's always fun, you know, feels good for the ego, but just like, where are we screwing up here? What, you know, you know, constantly asking for pain point, where do you find a pain point? And just, you know, just like every, you know, if every month we get 1% to two, three, 5% better. Wow. Look out one year from now. Well, it sounds like you had an aha moment with that client, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the thing is, and, and that's just basically you were having a conversation and that led to an insight and, and you hit upon something else. That's also I think important that when you're having these conversations, often your best customers might be giving you comments that you might think are critical, but that's what the golden nuggets are, to be honest with you. They're actually taking the time to tell you that you think that they think you can be better, but this is one way that you can be better. And so often you got to, you know, uh, not be so thick skinned and, and, and be offended and actually listen to what they're saying, because that's often where you're going to find opportunities to really, I think, maybe innovate your product or service is to talk to a customer that might be perceived as somewhat critical, but they're actually giving mm-hmm. you good, honest feedback. 
And, you know, don't be offended by that because those are really valuable. No. And and by the way, that has nothing. So to, I want to address the emotion of the founder, the leader. Um, Don't take this stuff personally. It's not you. It's just like, you know, I may, you know, uh, you know, be best friends in the world and, you know, just dearly love, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the couple that owns the landscaping company, but I'm still going to let them know friend to friend, or, you know, just, you know, Hey, I think you should know, you know, I had a problem with, you know, one of your, uh, you know, lawn care people. Um, and uh, that, that doesn't hurt my relationship with them at all. Uh, if someone doesn't let me know, I'd be like, oh, like we got, listen, we all got to work together here as, as business professionals. You know, we're all, you know, so, uh, you know, you know, uh, feedback like that, you know, and, and sharing that feedback lovingly, I would also argue is also incredibly valuable. Rising tide, you know, it's uh, good Absolutely. for all of us. And going back to your example, I think, you know, what you could benefit from uh, your example is not just just do a survey, but in fact, I would actually encourage you to do some uh, focus groups or conversations yeah. first. And mm. then you'll actually end up with a better survey because then you'll say, mm. hey, I want to find out if these are the things that I'm hearing that if I included or started doing, is this going to make a difference to the larger audience? And that's when you can quantify by saying X percentage think or feel this or X percentage you know, find that they'll benefit from this. And that's the proper use really of the two methodologies. Um, you know, Do these exploratory conversations just like you're the aha moment with that one customer. You might find other instances in other uh, areas that you're having this aha moments. And then that will be the things you're trying to incorporate into your survey to try to quantify so that you can extrapolate that to your audience and saying, you know, I'm pretty confident that, you know, 90% of the people are going to really like this because I've now talked to enough of the audience to have a good sample. Yeah. Uh, Darshan Mehta, uh, your book is Getting to AHA. You could search for that on Amazon, Why Today's Insights are Tomorrow's Facts. Uh, again, Kindle, paperback, and audiobook, Audible. Uh, and your website is iresearch.com. When somebody goes there, Darshan, what should they do? Or they can just email me directly at dm at iresearch.com, or they can fill in the form and send it that way as well. But yeah. um, and- no problem, just sending me a direct email at dm at iResearch.com. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, again, Darshan Mehta, thank you so much for joining us. Great conversation. It's great being here. Thanks for the opportunity, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.